Hey guys, Dr. Bronstein here. I just wanted to thank you all so much for listening to and sharing our podcast. We've had over 1,300 unique downloads in the past six weeks, which means you are not only enjoying our content, but sharing it with everyone you know as well. This is so important, guys, to our mission of normalizing chiropractic care for children, and we appreciate it dearly. And now I'd like to ask you all to take that enthusiasm one step further for us. Through the month of February, we'll be running a tiny little survey, which will help us get to know a little bit more about our listeners. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes below. It'll take you literally 60 seconds or less, I promise. And when you submit the survey, you'll be entered to win a $20 iTunes gift card. Simple. Please go do that right now and help us spread the word to more parents and caregivers so that every single child can have access to drug-free health care. And by all means, continue to share this podcast with your friends, your family members, and if you're a doctor, your patients on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the hashtag NormalizeChiropractic. Together, we'll change the world. Today's podcast is brought to you by our very good friends at Practice Evolution Prime. Practice Evolution Prime was created to bridge the gap from school to success. You can be successful, you should be successful, and being successful takes work. You have to gain the skills and foundation to be the sought-after family chiropractor, and our goal is to create extraordinary family chiropractors. This program is not easy. It will challenge you. It will push you. We choose to only work with doctors and students who are teachable, principled, and willing to work hard to improve their skills, practice, and their lives. If you're interested in learning more about this program and to apply, or if you are a patient looking for a PEP Prime doctor, visit our website, pepprime.com. That's pepprime.com, or call the Practice Evolution Program at 801-281-1646. Hey everyone, and welcome to the KiddoCast for Chiropractic Families, the world's first and only podcast committed to normalizing complementary and alternative care, particularly chiropractic care for children by sharing the experiences of the doctors in the trenches. In our time together, we will talk with pillars in the alternative healthcare world to give you the tools you'll need to make positive change in the health of your children today. Simply put, we're here to change the trajectory of modern healthcare. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bronstein. I'm a pediatric and family chiropractor certified by the Academy Council of Chiropractic Pediatrics and the director of the Beacon Clinic of Chiropractic in beautiful Grover Beach, California. And guys, I got to tell you, I am honored. I'm thrilled. I'm super duper excited to have with us Dr. Steve Hoffman, who has been a mentor, a teacher, a coach, uh, and just a friend over the past uh, you know six years since I, I first uh, became a chiropractor. Uh, Dr. Steve has been in practice, uh, well, he's been a chiropractor for about 40 years. He graduated in 1980 from Life Chiropractic College in Atlanta, practiced in Charlotte, Michigan. That was the appropriate pronunciation, right, Steve? For about 15 okay. years. Um, he, uh, he spent some time doing some coaching and some training over the course of uh, the next several years uh, and settled in Encinitas, California. He's been heavily involved in the past with uh, many organizations in the chiropractic profession. Uh, he's well-known, has tons of experience, and he's also the progenitor of our primary analysis and our technique in our office, which is known as MC2. And without Steve, I don't know where I'd be. Dr. Steve, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Daniel, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited that we were able to sync our schedules, even though you're uh, down in South America enjoying the beautiful weather. Um, this, the mission of this podcast is very simple, Doc, and it's to provide access to the meaning of chiropractic care for people all over the world, um, patients 
and non-patients alike. Um, I know you. Uh, you know, your one of your missions is to make sure that every single child on the planet has access to chiropractic care, and, and that is our mission as well. And so, a lot of what we're doing here is to help spread that message so that it's a little bit demystified, so that parents understand what we're here to do. Um, I would love for you to share some of your story um, and to help parents understand a little bit more about why you know, we do what we do. Well. You want stories? I have stories. That's what comes with uh, uh, being involved in chiropractic for as long as I've I've been involved. And, uh, Dan, I think the best stories are personal. Um, You know, when when my children were little, when they were babies, infants, uh, I wanted all their little friends to be chiropractic kids just like them because my experience, and I know you've seen the same, that chiropractic kids tend to be just a little bit shinier, you know, a little bit brighter, uh, a little bit more uh, conscious, if you will, uh, than other kids. And it's not that there's anything wrong with other kids. There just seems to be something a little bit more right with chiropractic kids. The problem was that there weren't any other chiropractic kids for my kids to hang out with. And as a result, as they grew, as they developed, as much as I wanted all their little buddies to be chiropractic kids brought up in a chiropractic world, there just weren't any around. And so um, that was disheartening to me. Um, And to make a very long story short, what I told my kids was, that I would love and support them in any endeavor they undertook, no matter what, after they graduated from chiropractic college. And the concept, Dan, was, you know, there weren't other chiropractic kids for you to hang out with when you were growing up. The last best place for you to meet someone with a similar background, someone with a similar future, uh, with a body that functions the way it's designed to function would be at chiropractic college. And um, my son took me up on that. I uh, graduated from LifeWest and um, met his wife at LifeWest, also a chiropractor. And I'm the proud grandpa of a chiropractic kid uh, grandchild. And, um, man, I have to tell you, uh, one of the best days of my life was at his first birthday party. And there were half a dozen other little kids at this party. And I asked my son, you know, you know, where are these kids from? Are they part of a a play group? And my son said, no, dad, they're all practice members. And, oh, man, it made my heart sing, Dan, because I got involved in chiropractic to take care of kids. We had a uh, sign in the administrative area of our office that said the only reason we take care of adults is because they bring the kids. (laughs) And as much as we could do for adults, kids have so much potential still available to them that the sooner that potential can be expressed the more likely that child is going to have as full an expression of that potential potential throughout the course of their life 
and uh, the, the practice I had in Michigan, 50% of the people we saw on any given week were under the age of 16. And uh, man, I have to tell you, uh, when I was coming up in chiropractic, one of the concepts was chiropractic today for a better world tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And most people thought that meant, you know, day after today. I didn't take it that way. I want to see a better, healthier evolution of the people on this planet. And that can only happen uh, if people are more functional. And unfortunately, society doesn't buy function as much as they buy symptom relief. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, most chiropractors that I work with understand function and one of our favorite questions is regardless of what's presented to us, we want to know why. Yeah, that's that's a central no. tenet to, I mean, really to any chiropractor's endeavors in their office is, is why, why are things going wrong when things should be going right, right? Yeah. As opposed sure. to why are things going wrong this way instead of going wrong the other way. I mean, I think there's a stark contrast between what people expect when they come through a chiropractic office and what they actually get. Because in general, uh, new patients, um, well, I wouldn't say in general, because the patients who are referred by my current patients get it. But the ones who maybe just kind of fall in because they see a movement of people starting to gravitate towards my office, they still expect chiropractic to be kind of a Band-Aid, right? Um, this, it's, it's like a pill that you have to swallow when you go into a medical doctor's office. When in reality, there's nothing even remotely close to that in a chiropractic office, right? We joke in my office that I'm the sheriff, right? I'm here to restore law and order so that you can do the healing. Nice. Um, we know that, as you said very eloquently, that kids just, they, they have this, this incredible potential, and unfortunately, especially in our state right now and in, in my local community, um, we, we see a lot of that potential being squandered. And I think a lot of it comes from a lack of empowerment, a lack of understanding uh, of how health is actually supposed to play out. Um, as you talked about, we have a, a massive increase in the amount of traumas we're seeing as related to birth. Um, and it has palpable consequences. I I mean, I I talked about this a little bit with Dr. Uh, uh, Ian Davis Tremaine. I think I had him on the podcast a little while back and he's not going to launch for another couple of weeks, but you know, we were talking about the birthing culture here as being a huge, huge detriment, uh, to that, that innate, that innate potential. Uh, just saw a kiddo in my office with a, with a massive deformational plagio, um, you know, basically just a, um, you know, uh, uh, asymmetrical uh, cranial molding. And uh, he's a 45-degree torticollis. And this kiddo is never, he's never really fed well. He's hes never crawled. He's eight months old. He's never crawled. Um, he's uncon- inconsolable. He's crying all the time. And he's just clearly just very unhappy. But the standard of care uh, for this particular kid outside of my office is to stick him in a helmet 23 hours a day, which we know doesn't work, right? We have studies that show that it's useless. Um, and just to pray for the best. Um, meanwhile, yeah. this kiddo is missing all of his neurological benchmarks and his, his innate potential is squandered until he shows up in my door and we start to restore some of that, those innate, those innate, uh, healing programs. Um, you talking Steve about having other chiropractic kids for your kids to spend time with really hits home with me. And it hit home with me the first time I heard that story from you several years ago and every single time afterwards, because 
Um, and I don't know if you know this or not, but that's the way we run our practice. We absolutely run our practice based on the based on the premise that chiropractic kids need to be around other chiropractic kids. Um, and it's it's that way because you're right. They they they're special. They're a special breed. They're brighter. They're and I'm not talking intellectually brighter necessarily, but they just they exude a vitality that we don't see in the general population. These kids get sick less often. They, they they express less symptoms of disease, like say you know chronic viral ear infections, you know asthma, bronchitis, pneumonia, colic, constipation, whatever you name it, right? Um, but you put those kids in a bubble by themselves, and they're still not expressing their full potential. Then you put them in a bubble full of twenty five other chiropractic kids, which is pretty much every day in my office, and you see something special unfold. Um, I'm curious to see or to hear, you know, how you see chiropractic, uh, you know, say through the eyes of, of Ian, your son. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that, that's difficult because they're his eyes. Um, but uh, I, I want to address something that you just said. And uh, if what you're implying is how do I see chiropractic unfolding and developing as we go forward, uh, I'm happy to answer that. Well, even as um, like a first-generation chiropractor of potentially a two or three generations ahead of you, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's evolutionary as well. What I wanted to comment on, Dan, is you know, all too often in the profession, and God bless you, you know, you're amazingly helpful with kids that have been damaged, okay? And <clears throat> the damage is obvious. You mentioned uh, a child with uh, cranial molding problems, uh, unconsolable, uh, not developing appropriately. And we've all seen problems like that in our practices, and we've all seen miraculous results with these kids, I want to speak to the other 99% of kids, Mm. the apparently healthy kids, Mm. okay? And what I want their parents to understand and what I want other chiropractors to understand is apparently healthy with little or no overt obvious symptoms doesn't mean that they're healthy Mm. and it comes back to function again. Yeah, good point. Okay, and the vast majority of kids, you know, chiropractic kids versus non-chiropractic kids, the overt difference between the two is the functional uh, expression in the chiropractic kids is different. Mm. Okay, you can have a non-chiropractic kid with no symptoms who's brilliant, who, I mean, that's what the world is made up of, Dan. Mm. But there's still a piece missing for them that all kids should have as their birthright. All kids should have the ability to function at their highest possible level. Mm. And that doesn't necessarily mean more energy, but it could. It doesn't necessarily mean calmer, uh, but it could. And it doesn't necessarily mean less colds or ear infections, but it could. What I'm talking about is the expression of their life, not just as children, but as they grow into adolescence, into adulthood. I, I want to see uh, you know, more healthy, more functional human beings because somebody is paying attention to what's causing them to be healthy rather than simply, which is what's always ever been done, 
paying attention to why this problem exists or what happened, what went wrong because this health issue developed. Mm -hmm. And so I want to stress that point that chiropractic is not only amazing to help kids with significant health issues, it's also amazing to help kids develop to their highest and best potential. Yeah. Okay. And I, I, I couldn't let that go. No, you're now, absolutely for- right. I mean, and I, I think I should put a little just, you know, and cap on that in my practice, you know, admittedly the the types of cases on average that we see tend to be fairly severe. And, you know, sure. it's, it's because you know, that's just kind of what the universe sends us, you know, that's, that's what we attract. But you're absolutely right. I mean, with, with my daughter, um, as I've talked about on a podcast before, every single night when I get home from work, she gets on the table and she gets checked because it's the thing to do, right? Sure. She wants to make sure that she's operating at 100% and uh, even without symptoms, right? You know, sometimes she needs a little tune-up and that's what we do. And I know I can go to bed at night and I can wake up in the morning knowing that she's operating at 100% because of that. There you go. That's what I mean. And if we could just get the public to embrace the idea that just like brushing their teeth is a good thing to do, even though they don't have cavities, making sure that their nervous system is as functional as possible, man, man, I, you know, I, I trade my teeth to have a nervous system that's as functional as possible. Um, and <laughs> that's it, a funny it, image, Doc. Yeah, I know. But the <laughs> dental, dental industry has done their job. Yeah. They have had the public understand prevention, and what I want the public to understand is being proactive, which is what I'm talking about, isn't just preventative. It's developmental, Mm. okay? And I, I, I think there's far more value in being able to consciously develop as a human being rather than simply attempting to avoid having a problem, which Mm. is prevention. Yeah, as Dr. Stan talked about this as centropic care. And, you know, I, I again, when I studied with you, Steve, this is really the first time that that really made sense to me because I, I graduated from a chiropractic college that put a huge emphasis on symptoms. And, sure. you know, not to say that there aren't great chiropractors out there who focus on acute care, but what I realized is that you take into account the fact that we're correcting, you know, some underlying things, removing interference uh, in more of a habitual way. Um you know, Stan said something that really made a lot of sense to me in the context of what you're talking about, which is, you know, we we set things in motion until everything is running autonomously, the body is working perfectly, and then it becomes 100% preventative, right? Chiropractic care in a place, uh, you know, or we, we see kids, for example, who are totally healthy, like I still check them pretty regularly just to make sure that they're staying that way for the rest of their lives, right? Yeah. Um, that's that's centropic care in a nutshell, right? That's prevention. That's true prevention, as opposed to the way that we view prevention in this country, which is, you know, get your screening every six months to see whether or not you already have disease. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but you know what's past prevention? Okay. <clears throat> what's see in my mind, and I think most of the public uh, sees prevention as it, it, it's still a fear-based mentality right. that says, okay. You know, I'm going to give my child a shot to prevent a problem. Mm. I'm going to take my child to a chiropractor to prevent a problem. I'm not talking about uh, being proactive in order to uh, prevent something. Right. You know, 
back 30 years ago, we were first starting to hear about the concept of wellness. And in very short order, the concept of wellness really was completely obliterated uh, by allopathic medicine under the banner of prevention. Mm. We never called it wellness care in our office. We called it health development. Mm. And because that's really what I see us being able to do. And this came to roost for me, and I'll tell a very quick story, but then I want to answer the other question that you asked. You know, I had a life insurance physical a number of years ago, and it was for a sizable amount of money. And uh, the insurance company sent a registered nurse to the house uh, to take my vitals, to hook me up to an EEG and an EKG and uh, all kinds of other stuff. And it turned out that uh, my resting heart rate was 60, and the nurse wanted to know, well, what medication am I on? <laughs> None. Uh, do I fatigue easily? No. Um, do I get dizzy when I stand up? No. And then she took my blood pressure, and it was 106 over 66. And she looks at me and goes, really? You're not taking anything, not even aspirin? <laughs> and I looked at her and I went, well, yeah, I did have an aspirin. It was, um, I don't know, 35, 36 years ago. And you know, she looks at me like, what's wrong with you? You know, how can you... And, 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 you know, I'm not a thin guy. Um, I, how can you have the vitals of a 20-year-old athlete and you're 60 years old with, a, you know, a sedentary lifestyle, a high-stress job, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, well, why don't you ask? <laughs> I could have told you that. I've been under health development chiropractic care for the last 35 years. And her response, Dan, was, you didn't say in your paperwork you have a back problem. I told her, I'm not telling you I have a back problem now. I wasn't going for a back problem. I was going to develop my health, to develop my functional capacity as a human being. And you just measured it. Hmm. Totally blew her mind. And she wanted to know where she could find a chiropractor like the one I go to. You know, isn't it crazy, though, Steve, that we've set the metrics so low that you're the abnormal person, right? Hello, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's I think, probably the most important thing, right? Because when we... I mean, when we look around in our communities, right, I mean, the reason that we're so adamant about making sure that every single child has access to care, every single human, right, but, you know, in particular, every single kid, is because chiropractors like Steve and I, I mean, this this is the normal for us, right? That vitality, that, 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 that um, I, I mean, I don't even, there isn't even really a word for it, right? That that extra something that, that makes you want to get out of bed in the morning and just, you know, go take care of business, right? To live a vital life. It's so far beyond symptoms and it's, it's so uncommon, right? It's so rare. Everybody's got a disease. Everybody's got a pill. Their, 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 their identities are wrapped around what's wrong with them as opposed to what's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, your, your story is just, it's so important because we just don't have these conversations anymore. Well, here's a thought process for your audience. You know, are they, whether they're using chiropractic care or not, are they using health care to get rid of a problem that they have and don't want 
or are they using health care to gain a level of health that's possible for them that they don't yet have? Okay, and that's why I made a big thing about prevention, Dan, mm-hmm. because prevention is still looking backwards, mm-hmm. whereas health development is looking forward yeah. to how can I utilize my chiropractor to grow and expand and develop my health, my family's health, and our vitality, not just now, not just for the next week, but for over the course of our lives. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I, I want to switch gears, if it's okay. Absolutely. And I want to talk about uh, where we are, where we've been, where we are, where we're going, um, because I, I think it's important for people to understand that chiropractic today isn't the same as chiropractic 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 50 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and I like to put it in the context of um, uh, software. You know, <laughs> chiropractic 1.0, if you will, is generally what's taught at chiropractic colleges. It's the basics. It's what chiropractors 50 years ago were doing. And there's nothing wrong with chiropractic 1.0. Okay? It's about moving a bone to take pressure off a nervous system so that the brain and the body can properly communicate with one another. Chiropractic 2.0 started evolving in the 80s and 90s, and Chiropractic 2.0 is really where MC2, the technique that I developed that you mentioned, used to fit. And it was nerve-based or physiology-based chiropractic, and it had little to do with uh, the structural alignment and little to do with muscle asymmetry, but rather more to do with nervous system uh, balance and function because the nervous system is what controlled the muscle problems and the muscle system is what controlled the structural issues. And so why not take a look at the neurology directly? Over the last year or so, and we've talked about this, Dan. Uh, I, I believe chiropractic 3.0 is emerging, and that's brain-based chiropractic. And it fits perfectly into a uh, prenatal, perinatal, postnatal, pediatric um, uh, thought process. And so uh, the two things I want to mention is what that looks like and why and how techniques like MC2 fit. You know, pregnancy could be considered stressful, <laughs> at least <laughs> on both the dad and the mom. But uh, towards the end of pregnancy, when uh, delivery is taking place, that's a high-stress activity for both mom and child. And the more it's medicalized, the greater the stress on the mother and the child. Mm. That birth trauma, even if there's no overt problem developing from it, produces a stress pattern that the public would understand as fight or flight. Right. The problem is in mom and child going into fight or flight at an appropriate stress or stressor makes complete sense. Being stuck in fight or flight doesn't. Right. 
see, if we, if we go back to our development as human beings, you know, if you were about to be eaten, you wanted fight or flight working on your side. Mm. But after the threat passed, you were supposed to normalize. You were supposed to recover from that stress. And what we're finding is that uh, moms and babies aren't recovering from the stress. And the result of that is the kind of developmental problems that we're seeing, whether there is an overt structural problem or not. Right. I mean, and I think it's important, you know, because this is a huge emphasis in my practice, it's important to understand that, uh, you know, it's so ubiquitous, right? It's so common in our culture that it's it's slowly becoming acceptable, right? And in reality, it, it couldn't be further from the truth because the further we drive that stress axis, right, or the longer we drive that stress, stress axis, the further we drive our our bodies away from their natural healing directives, which they're supposed to be doing. It's almost like we're getting in the way of that natural healing directive, right? And so, you know, if you go to the medical doctor and you say, doc, I'm stressed out, they give you a Xanax or a Valium or whatever to cover up this, this alarm, right? The signal that's telling you that you got to slow down. You know, we have to come up with ways to help your body express its natural sort of healing program. Um, but it, we, we just, we just assume that it's ubiquitous. We assume, we assume that it's yeah. an axiom. It's just part of being alive. You're going to have stress or, yeah. you know, even if you, if you even, even if it's not emotional stress, even if it's just mechanical traumatic stress, right? We assume that birth is supposed to be traumatic and that's just a natural consequence of labor, right? Moms have to have, you know, an epidural when they go to the hospital. They have to be pushed a pit or they have to, you know, have to ripen the cervix because, you know, birth is totally unnatural. I mean, I've been, I, I got to tell you, man, I, I almost lost it today because I had a patient who told me that she had a midwife tell her that she should be having a C-section without any other, you know, you know, side effects or not side effects, but any other, you know, contraindications to having a vaginal birth because she basically said, everybody's doing it. It's just the thing you do. Really? We're, we're bypassing the mom's own biological directive to have a, a natural, healthy vaginal delivery. It just, it's, I don't know. But, and that, that speaks to the allopathic mentality of if you have this, you need that for right. it. Right. And unfortunately, uh, until people recognize and understand that, you know, <laughs> not everything is, I have an itch, so I need to scratch it. Right. You know, yeah. uh, sometimes uh, symptoms are an important part of our health and well-being, and the the public really does need to understand that. You know, a child cries, an infant cries, uh, for a limited number of reasons. Yeah. Okay, they're either in, in pain, or <laughs> have to go to the bathroom, went to the bathroom, and so they're not comfortable. They're tired or they're hungry. Right. Okay. And so I don't want to shut off the child crying, even though the child crying may be disturbing to me or to others. Mm. I want to know why that child is crying so that I can address the cause of it. Yeah. The well, common the, the common thing, theme that the we talk about in this office. Yeah, I mean, the same thing that we talk about in this office, the common thing really is fever, right? I mean, because, yeah. you know, kids, kids need to be able to just raise their body temperature to cook out things that are... You know, right. yeah, not not necessary, right, to be healthy, right, or, or contradictory to being healthy, right. But we spend such an emphasis on, uh, you know, trying to get our kids to feel better. Uh, usually, because the parents are exhausted, which I totally understand, they want to sure. go to sleep. The kids aren't uncomfortable, um, so you give them Tylenol, right, and that drops the fever down. But meanwhile, you know, they're not able to mount an appropriate immune response. 
Um, so the body continues to malfunction, even right. though the symptoms associated with that malfunction are now hidden. Yeah. Well, hey, Doc, I, I really, all this stuff, it's, it's so important for, for patients to understand just about their, their own personal well-being and the, the well-being of their family members. Um, draw a line to chiropractic for us. Uh, because your your technique and your approach and the way that that we do things in our office, um, it's it's a little bit different, I think, than when most people expect from a chiropractor. Sure. But it's so congruent in terms of what we're describing in terms of again, like what the biological directive of each of our patients, each of these humans that we're interacting with, uh, how they're supposed to work. Yeah, well, we found this out um, a little over a year ago. Uh, we had uh, an MC two seminar. There was a student at the seminar who we hooked up to um, a, a device called a NeuroInfinity, which took uh, metrics, measured uh, brainwave activity, uh, galvanic skin response, heart rate, heart rate variability, uh, respiration rate, uh, thermography, surface electromyography, and, and a, a number of others. Those are the things that come to mind. And uh, the assessment was done live, meaning it wasn't a moment measure. The student was hooked up to the equipment and was on the adjusting table while another student uh, vectored or got the line of drive for the adjustment using the procedures that we teach. And at the instant that the line of drive was determined, all the metrics in the student patient went from fight or flight to relaxation, hmm. okay, including brain function, brainwave activity. So while we've always posited that what we do in chiropractic 1.0 was move bones, and while I always posited that what we do in chiropractic 2.0 is affect function and physiology, what we found out is that those subtle approaches like MC2, like tonal techniques, very likely affect brain function right now, right here mm -hmm. and right now. Mm -hmm. And it deals with what we were talking about a little while ago. It's okay to be in fight or flight. The issue is, do you recover from it or do you stay stuck there? Right. Okay. And that's why the results docs get using MC2 are so profound given such a light touch. Right. Okay. And in today's world, people are way overstimulated neurologically. A light touch is going to produce a greater benefit than uh, a, a massive structural adjustment. Whereas 30 years ago, most people in my practice were understimulated. A structural adjustment was appropriate. Mm -hmm. Today, not so much. Yeah, I mean, and that really begs, you know, the the clarification that you know chiropractic care uh, it really should be, and, and it is in our offices for sure. Uh, it's it's patient specific or person mm -hmm. specific or practice member specific, depending on the type of structure of the practice. Right. But in my office in particular, right, I think the biggest question that parents have when it comes to kids is, you know, is there going to be a you know, big structural effect? And the answer is no, absolutely not. I oh. mean, and again, like I said before, a lot of my patients, the majority of my patients actually are more complex. Um, I, I do see a lot of sick kids in this office, and I do see some healthy kids too, for sure. 
but especially with neurosensory children, um, autistic kids, SPD kids, um, I have some CP kids, uh, I've got some ADHD kids. Most of these kids are, are way overstimulated, as Steve was talking about, which means that there are really some factors that come into play when we're making some corrections. And the first is that we don't overstimulate them. We don't pull them past their threshold. We just, we work through things very gently. We start to get the system to start to sensitize a little bit. And over time, as things calm down globally, we see that healing potential start to come out, right? And as a consequence of that, most of the symptoms that we're seeing start to normalize, right? Because the body's actually starting to right itself. In my autistic kids, um, I mean, and I know you know this because, I mean, I'm sure you've seen some of your acolytes work through this uh, in recent years. Uh, we get kids who come to the door who are totally disconnected. I mean, they have no eye contact. They can't talk. I mean, my, a lot of my autistic kids, especially if there's any heavy metal issues in their past, they'll come through the door and they'll just bang their heads violently against the floor, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. It's heartbreaking, right? We start to get in there and we start to mess with the system a little bit very gently at first, just a lot of repetition, really, really slow, really, really light touch, really light inputs. And over time, we get eye contact, we get speech, we get... We get a considerable decrease in violent tendencies because that stress index is just starting to drop out, right? Everything is just reconnected the way that we want it to. It's not perfection. We're not expecting to see huge, you know, symptomatic changes, but it happens, right? It's a consequence yeah. of what happens when you reconnect this child to his innate biological directive, right? Yeah. Well, do you have time for one more story? Go, man. I love talking to you. I, I want to hear your okay. stories all day long. All right. Well, uh, the story you've probably heard before a uh, single mom comes to our office for traditional chiropractic care, and uh, I noticed that she has a nine-year-old. And based on our mentality of the only reason we take care of adults is because they bring the kids, I want her to bring her nine-year-old in to be checked. And I hear one excuse after another over months because uh, – that was my prime directive, was to not only help her, but help her child be a as able as possible. And uh, every time I try, I hear, oh, he's a good kid, he doesn't get sick, he, his teachers love me, get, getting good grades, blah, 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 blah. And then finally, one day she goes, well, you know, he does have ADD. <laughs> Do you think you can help him with that? <laughs> and w without any further ado, my answer was, sure, bring him in. <laughs> and she brings this kid in, and Dan, I have to tell you, the most chemically straight-jacketed kid I'd ever seen. Yeah. No affect, as you mentioned, uh, just sat there, could care less that he was in the office, could care less uh, what we did to him. Just nobody home, basically. Yeah. And uh, not hard to understand why uh, his teachers liked him. He was invisible. He was no problem. Okay. And uh, I started adjusting this uh, young man. And after a number of months, he looks at me one day and translates this into nine-year-old ease. He goes, Dr. Steve, could what you're doing make me not get mad? And I go, what do you mean? He says, well, I've had to become really good at making friends because I'll make friends and somebody will say or do something that I think is really stupid. And I'll get mad and we'll have a fight and all of a sudden I'm looking for new friends. Hmm. 
and I'll make new friends and somebody will say or do something really stupid. I'll get mad. We'll have a fight and I'm looking for new friends. And since I've been coming in here, don't you love those words? Yeah. Since I've been, ever since I started seeing you, uh, you know, my friends are still saying and doing stupid stuff, but it doesn't make me get mad. Mm. Could that be what you're doing? And my response, you betcha, and let's see if we can get you even happier today. And mm. I got them checked. On the way out, I grabbed the mom. Okay, and this is where the rubber meets the road, Dan. Because if chiropractors would just go that extra step, everything could change. Right. I grabbed the mom and I said, did you hear what I heard? And she goes, well, yeah, he's not getting mad. I go, right. What else did you hear? And she said, well, nothing. Did, did, what, what else did he say? And I said, let me tell you what I heard. I heard as a result of your forethought bringing this kid to the office, he's making friends that he would have ruined before. Mm. And what that tells me is he's going to develop as he gets older a love interest in his life that he's not going to ruin the first time that other individual says or does something that he doesn't like. Mm. That he's going to have a better job, a better career, a better standard of living because he's not going to be labeled as a troublemaker going from job to job uh, because he got into an argument with somebody just because they said or did something that he thought was was stupid. Mm. What I heard is that you gave your child a better future as better a future as you could have given him if you brought him in deaf and he got his hearing back. Mm. And the mom started to cry. And if you know me at all, you know I started to cry too. <laughs> and the tears were about, I had just given her the God's honest truth. Her child's entire future was going to be better on every conceivable level because she brought him to the office. Yeah. Okay? And I, I think that's where the rubber meets the road. It's... You know? it, your story, Steve, is... I know you got a lot of them, you know, but I have heard the story before. Yeah. And every single time I hear you talk, right, I've been through, you know, another three to six months or so of practice, you know, or maybe a year or a couple of years. It just depends. I mean, I see it, you know, sporadically in person. We talk a lot on the phone, but, you know, but I hear you tell these stories and I always, I always listen to them in the context of what I see through my patients because you're absolutely right, right? I mean, chiropractic in its real, just like purest form is about reconnection. It's about relationships it's about it's about personal autonomy and sovereignty and empowerment right and and it's it's something again that it's it's just it's so rare that when we see this especially when we see it over and over and over again in our offices it just starts to become a self-fulfilling prophecy and it's an amazing thing because chiropractors have been doing this for a really long time and i know i still got a lot of work to do to get up to that level um it becomes predictable right that's why when you see a kiddo that comes to the door that's having issues with the tension, mom says, you think you can help him? Your answer is, absolutely, right? Of course, right? She's not asking whether or not you can cure her kid. She's not asking whether or not, you know, you can, you can fix his symptoms. What, you're, what she's asking you is, can you help him? Yeah. And the answer is absolutely, every single time. Yep. 
Guys, um, we, uh, we're running this podcast a little bit longer than I'd expected, but that's okay, man, because I, I, I love talking to Steve. Um, hey, Steve, would it be okay if we did this again at another time? I'd love to hear more stories, and I think our listeners would too. Oh, twist my arm, Dan. <laughs> Maybe one of these days when we're together in person, we could do this. Uh, we can do this live. I think that'd be really fun. Um, I apologize for not having video available for you. <laughs> Um, that's okay. I don't think you want to see me right now. I'm uh, this is the end of my week. This is a Friday for me, so I'm ready to ready to kick up and, and enjoy the weekend. Um, guys, if you uh, you want any more information about MC two, about Dr. Steve, uh, if you're a chiropractic student or a chiropractor and you want to know a little bit more about this approach. Um, and I highly, highly, highly advocate for this. This is my primary approach with everything I do with my kids, with my adults. Um, it's definitely changed my practice, um, and it's it's made uh, made me a better chiropractor, no doubt. Uh, you can go to www.mc2technique.com. That's mc the number two t e c h n i c dot com. Uh, Dr. Steve also has a uh, locator on there. If you go up into the uh, the tabs on the top and go to referrals, you can pop in your zip code and you can find an MC2 doc like myself on that registry. Furthermore, if the intervent confuses you, you can always call my office directly, 805-481-1566, and we will always find you guys a referral if you're not in the area and we can't see you. Um, chiropractors and chiropractic students, Dr. Steve and I are going to be teaching MC2 and Tonal Pediatrics on, uh, let's see, April 8th and 9th. We're going to be out in Omaha, Nebraska uh, in, uh, let's see, the 22nd and 23rd. Uh, It looks like we're probably going to be up in San Francisco, and if all goes well, we'll be up there with Richard Barwell, and he's going to be doing some neuroinfinity work. Um, And then Dr. Steve is going to be teaching in Atlanta with uh, my uh, good buddy and uh, an amazing doctor, Dr. Christina Stitcher, that you guys have all heard from before. Uh, that's May 6th and May 7th. So um, please, you know, come out if, if you guys want to learn more about this. I, I guarantee you guys are going to have an amazing experience. Um, Steve, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate you being on the cast, and I know all of our listeners are really excited that you're here. It's my pleasure, Dan. And listen, two things. One, uh, I have no problem with people contacting me directly either, and uh, happy to give my email address out. And at the same time, I want to thank you because uh, it's critical that the public understands more about who we are, what we do, and what we uh, as a profession uh, can contribute to the life and health of them and their family. So kudos to you, my friend, for taking on the responsibility. The pleasure is all mine, Doc. If I get to sit here and talk to other giants in our profession for the rest of my life, I think I'll be a, a happy camper. So, um, Steve, do you want to drop your email address for everybody so they can get a hold sure. of you if they want to? Sure. Dr. Steve Hoffman. So, Dr. S T E V E H O F F M A N at S B C Global dot net. Stephen Barry Charlie Global dot net. Well, there you have it, guys. Dr. Steve, thank you so much. We are absolutely going to get together and do this again. Um, And for the rest of you guys, thank you so much for listening through another one of our episodes. If this content is something that you think is important, that you like, that you enjoy, get on Facebook, get on Twitter, get on Instagram, start sharing this stuff, get it out to the public, share it with your skeptical friends, your neighbors, your aunts and uncles. 
If anybody has kids that you think needs to benefit from chiropractic care, get this content out there so they can start listening, and then we can get them into an office uh, somewhere uh, where they're, they're close to, okay? So until then, guys, I will see you next week. Take care. Bye.